Welcome to the 40K Lorecast. Hello and welcome to episode two of 40K Lorecast with me, John Barsati, and Brad Chester. This guy. Today, we will be covering the last of what I would call the prehistory of Warhammer 40K, so the Great Crusade. So in the last episode, we covered the yes. modern <laughs> mankind from its modern era to right around 30 or 30,000 and a half. And today, we're going to spend the same amount of time to talk about 500 years. So in this one, mankind has finally turned themselves around thanks to the emperor deciding to give a crap and we're going to start really getting into what i would call the meat of the 40k universe a lot of the stuff before is you know it, it, it's prehistory it's the stuff that gw has written to give us a story and to give us a background of how we got there basically. yeah now we're really into the this is the important this is, this is the mechanics though. yeah this, this is, is the mechanics to kind of catch up again the state of the affairs as we stand today warp storms have finally calmed, so out of we, nowhere. We have travel. Yeah, we can travel. Mars is now... Part of the Imperium, it's allied. Uh, I guess it, start, the start of the Imperium. The start of the Imperium. So now mankind has limitless potential for production and engineering. The Emperor has decided that, yeah, I'm going to go re reclaim that whole galaxy. But there is an unknown force out there that's waiting for them. How unknown is it really, Brad? It's pretty known. Yeah, it's, 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 it's totally, the emperor is well aware of this. So the first thing we're going to talk about here is something that's going to become one of the more important terms in all of 40k, a gene seed. Where we, we struggle with today is that mankind, as it expands, humans are soft and weak. They're fine, but they're soft and weak. So you want to make comparatively, better, yeah, comparatively to everything else waiting for them out in the stars, pretty squishy. So, and the thing is, is that we'll do this in other episodes because most of the other races, not roast, a lot of the other races we're going to find were engineered, which is why they're significantly better than us, which is why we decided to engineer our own people. Take that, old ones. Exactly. <laughs> but the, the biggest thing is, is the Emperor needed an unstoppable army. He, he effectively said, I've got Titans, I've got machines, I've got spaceships, I have, as soon as I start re-getting all these planets together, I have a never-ending source of regular guys. But I cannot take the entire galaxy back with just regular guys. So he creates a super soldier that he basically, to replace his berserker frothing at the mouth guys that he couldn't take out in public and he wants his <laughs> new yeah. poster child he basically wants his captain americans he wants the guys that are functional that can take back but he also wants them to be the face of the imperium these guys have to be the best of the best they have to be this is humanity when i'm conquering i'm taking back humanity i need the guy on the poster that's what i need so he goes back to the drawing board. He needs guys that are actual super thinkers also. We downplay this a lot in the Marines. These guys are all wildly intelligent. He needed people that could take in 
vast amounts of information so that they could basically be diplomats when they yeah. have to. They can immediately assess a situation, a war situation, but also that they could immediately assess a diplomatic situ situation. If we're going to invade, what do we need to do to get these people? Because again, we're reclaiming the stars. We're not just killing everyone. I can't use the same methods I used on Earth, which was I murdered everyone I saw. This isn't waving happy flags and, no. and, and bringing crayons and stickers, but the issue here, the Emperor realized that he has to be able to conquer planets and then rule them. And so these people are designed to be not just rulers because we can crush you under our fist, but rulers because we can rule better than everybody else you have. Yes, and we're, and we're going to give you a better life, even though that's a yeah. huge lie later on, but at the time... Yeah, totally a lie, but yeah, the, the, but the intent the time, was there. He says, we're going to conquer the stars, we're going to show you that we're going to give you a better life. There's a reason to be part of my new Imperium of Man which is how we got Imperium. Mm -hmm. It's the new Imperium of Man. It's our new collective galaxy. And to do that, he needs, again, the poster boys, legions of these super soldiers. But he needs something to create these super soldiers from himself. He effectively distills yeah. 20. <laughs> and we lose 20-ish. But yes, because again, if you're the most powerful being in the galaxy and you're trying to make a, a really good soldier... Why not just make it a little bit out of yourself? So now we get to take a fun journey. We covered this last time about how the Emperor was just hanging out, not doing anything. So in the middle of the age of technology, around anywhere from 10,000 to 20,000, no one knows when, the Emperor decides to go on a little journey. Vision quest, basically? Yeah, oh, vision, yeah, vision quest. And decides to go to a planet called Molech. Again, the Emperor's a dick. It's just, we're <laughs> going to keep saying this, like, billions, tr no, billions, trillions, zillions of Is it people. quadrillion now yeah, that we're going to Maybe quadrillions of men are, have died because he just was like, man, not yet. So, so he goes to this planet called Moloch, and on Moloch, he just he uncovers a warp gate that allows him to cross into the realm of chaos. So cough, he, cough, totally went with it. Yeah, totally went with it. So <laughs> now you have the chaos gods are still fairly formative they're not all powerful at this point they yes. exist they've been around except for time. they've been yeah. around forever so they're beginning and end kind of thing but they're not the gods that we know in the current game so you have these gods three of them at this point are, are sitting in the warp and this human being walks in they have a, a long chat and he and makes a bargain with them no one knows the details but we know half of it. And half of the details are the Emperor knows now how to create life in his own image. And we know that the Chaos Gods are now very aware that this is probably yeah. going to be a problem. They knew about well, They knew he existed because he basically is a beacon yeah. in the war. Yeah, they've seen him. He, is a, now, he literally is. That, that's a real thing on that. That's why we have the Astronomica yeah. now. He is a lighthouse yeah. in the warp where he walks around. You're just like, oh, that's that guy. He's just always, oh, there he is. And then all of a sudden, that guy walked into your living room. Yeah. And it was like, oh, hey, guys, what's up? I have some questions. And I want you to tell me a bunch of stuff. And they're just sitting there going, yeah, all right, whatever. So this is, this is a really important piece because now all of a sudden, the emperor has the ability to create things in his own image. And he, this is the technology he uses. He then starts experimenting with this technology a little bit. And the first ones he does... The Thunder Warriors and whoopsie. Yeah. 
Turns out Maybe. you should add a little bit of brain. So he, what he wanted was the ancient Greek ideal of aesthetics, power, intelligence, philosophical. Yeah. What he got was Frankenstein's a, monster. No, because Frankenstein's monster is well more, way, way more. Oh, he, was, he was actually a lot cooler, cooler and, and intelligent. Yeah, no, he was, were, he was is, a little more chill. Like you could, right. you could reason with him a little bit better. Yeah, that was an oopsie. Yeah. So that's what. So, so after the Thunder Warriors, he begins his first attempt, which are the Custodian Guard. Yes and no, because the Custodians, and I know we've got the new Custodians book in 40k, but the lore for a long time was. These guys were either before, during, or after. It depends on which book you pick up. But what they are is the perfection of him trying to distill himself into physical form. And the biggest thing about this is we could make only a very limited amount of this because everyone died from doing it. Less than one in a thousand survived. Just, well, it's just not even one in a thousand, but also... Amber, again, being kind of a dick, he was also just throwing some of these in the garbage. He was just full, full Sparta throwing them off the cliff. Even the ones that survived, he only really wanted the best of the best of the best at that point in time. He's, he handpicked the custodes because he wanted these basically unachievable. These were, I, I feel like every custode that happened was an accident, basically. You're like, I can throw this dart down through this building a mile away, catch this gust of wind every trick shot video we've ever seen these guys do it on the first take yeah that's that's what they can do and they are perfect in every way but the, the problem that emperor has they are perfect in every way they're amazing but he just can't make enough in order to conquer a galaxy you need millions of people and then just by math yes technically he could just sacrifice all of humanity to making these soldiers but that's what he would have taken and he needs those for his cannon fodder for the rest of yeah stuff. and someone's got you know someone's got to garrison those worlds yeah and someone's also got to farm the damn fields like we learned that lesson so at this point emperor's a little bit stuck so he decides to try something new so he's done the thunder warrior thing they were all psychotic he's made the custodes the ratio isn't good and he comes to this kind of conclusion that he can't distill soldiers directly from him. It's got to be like a one-off scenario. So the idea is that I'll make a bunch of things that are like me, and then I'll distill the next group from them. Can we talk about the fact that the Emperor could have done this totally legit anytime? No, not even did him say it anytime, but he also, at this point, controls the entirety of the soul system. Everything. He's getting rigged. He decides to be a Bond villain. Oh, yeah. Go into his... And doing... Just Dr. evil in this yeah. thing. Super secret project for no reason. Just, no one was checking. He made a super secret project. I guess Chaos was. But Chaos already but knew about but it. Doing it anyway. So he decides the, the problem he's got, he's got to make a version of himself. But like any all-powerful being who's got a pretty serious ego... He doesn't want to make it too much like himself. So he decides to break himself up into 20 versions of himself. It each is supposed to, and we'll talk about this when we go deep into the Primarchs. He's making 20, and these are going to be, they're all superhuman. They're, like, they're superhumans among superhumans. But they all have a specific superpower that, comes from the emperor the emperor has all of these by the way he could have given everybody 
all 20 of these. He could have made one of them, but decided to make 20. And spread them out. So he gave each one a superpower, like a, a thing that they were head and shoulders above everybody else doing. And so he imbued them with not only with being perfect, hyper-intelligent. And when we talk about hyper-intelligent, I'm like, some of these are, cough, cough, Bobby G, supercomputers. Like, they have a next level ability for any everything. Knowledge, learning, they can instantly process everything. And this is what he wants his super soldiers to be. But these are the 10th, you know, the 10th level, the 10th power of everything else. So he makes his sons, his 20 sons, and each one is imbued with a specific power, and each of them is a superhuman among superhumans by themselves. And he does this with a combination of noble things. So obviously this DNA, there's also some non-human DNA in the case of space wolves. Psychic powers obviously are very powerful. So the techniques obviously- and he's harnessing psychic yeah, powers into yeah. him. It's, it's not that he's like sprinkling yeah, magic he's, he, dust yeah. into him. He's infusing cells with magic power. To make, effectively to make himself. So each of them, each Primark is, they're similar, but also unique. And I think the goal here was for him is to create a fighting force that, you know, with different combinations could handle anything. And it could be spread out across the galaxy. And each Some person, of them are more valuable than others. Well, also, yeah. No, but originally they were also supposed to be able to rule huge sections of the galaxy mm -hmm. themselves. These Primarchs were supposed to be galactic governors in addition to being great soldiers, great everything. That's why they had to be learned men. They had to be yeah. the best of everything. They had to be able to inspire. That's again why he needed the poster child. These guys need to inspire trillions of people to follow them. And as you can probably assume, something went wrong. So while, so one- <laughs> Wait, when you're in your underground mountain lab, yeah, yeah. I say volcano lab, but he was in the MLAs, but Either it's, way, it's way other... cooler if it was a volcano. Exactly. Right. If this was a mistake on the part of GW, it would have been massively cooler if it also, was a volcano. No reason for him to be there. Yeah, he could have done it in London. There's yeah. really not a no, big deal. No, he could have like, just like, been like at the palace. Yeah. Like, it's not like the chaos gods can't see into it because it's a mountain. Oh, I can't see there. That's not how the warp works. He's built this giant facility in the Himalayan mountains because he doesn't even know he's there. Again, most powerful being on Earth to just unify the entire galaxy is everyone's favorite thing. There's not a big spy network that was going on around him, but he builds this lab underneath a mountain and he uses something in there called a Geller field, which we should probably poke into now. We should probably have said the last episode. This is a, a part that, please, someone correct me if I'm wrong here, but everything I've looked into has said effectively, warp travel was totally cool until the warp storms came and the warp storms went away. And then all of a sudden warp travel got to be a real problem. It's like humanity became the delicacy of the chaos. Yeah, yeah, before they were, they were traveling on through, those guys are there, no one cares. And now it's a... Ooh, yeah. dinner. The Geller fields, the problem you have with demons is that demons cannot be like the vampire. They invite the vampire in. For those of you who don't know, you have to invite a vampire into your house. <laughs> there you go. If you don't know that, now you do. Chaos exists in the immaterium. Humankind exists within the materium. You cannot cross from the immaterium to the materium without a host. And if you try to, you, you disintegrate. So a Geller field effectively creates a force field that prevents that crossovers. Because what's happening a lot of times in the case of a travel through the warp or the emperor's lab, 
you are playing in the warp now. So as soon as you open that door and open the warp, now the warp can come into you. You, you have given the invite. Him. Yeah, you've said, come on in. So now you have to, when you're playing in that world, put up a new field. So a Geller field is effectively a field that sits around you and, and makes the materium exist within it so things cannot cross over really important and this is going to come up a lot more as we talk a lot more about lore so the geller fields are really critical however when you piss off the chaos gods <laughs> they get motivated and they decided that they see this little pet project that the emperor is working on that they showed him how to do well so out of nowhere the, the, it, this, it's important about how important this project was there this was the emperor's prime focus now I'm going to create these 20 entities and I'm going to go conquer the galaxy. And what the emperor knew that no one else knew is he wasn't just planning on conquering the galaxy. He was planning on conquering the warp too. This was, this whole thing was built around true domination of mankind. Oh, yes. Yeah. I want to dominate every reality and irreality. And when you're talking about a God of chaos, what they really finding out is, Hey, what's your favorite thing? Let me come F with it. And so rather than come in and just kill them, because maybe they couldn't, no one knows. They create a warp rift within these tanks, within the tanks they're growing in. I mean, and these 20 Primarchs just in an instant disappear and they're gone. One day the, the Emperor is just hanging out. He comes downstairs and all of his kids are, 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 are gone and he has no idea where they are. The Emperor knows they're alive. However, all is not lost because he was able, they didn't get him early enough. So he was still able to then get the gene seed of the gene seed. The genetic blueprint to make more of these, but make millions. Yeah. So the emperor is going to make a, a legion. He's going to make 20 legions. 20 legions. Of super soldiers, seven to eight foot tall guys, superhuman Super intelligent, super fast, super strong, super everything. We will do a whole thing on Marines. Oh, yeah. They have extra organs. They spit oh, acid for now. absolutely no reason, which never comes into play in the game. Yeah, it never way. comes up. They, they can spit acid, but we never talk about them spitting acid. But don't worry about it. Got extra lung, extra heart. They've got a little yeah. bit extra everything. And they are basically bred to be able to communicate with power armor. A yeah. suit of super soldier armor. Which gives them superpowers. Super and he makes these legions before he ever finds, before he actually ever goes and looks for them, to be honest with you. Yeah. A little bit of a dick move. Hey, yeah, man, he's not. I should probably go get my the beings that I created from the they're essence. They're my kids. Yeah. Well, they're more than his kids. It's actually more than a clone, though, because he created from, I took a small piece of my soul. Should I go find them now? I got some stuff to do. Yeah. I'm real busy. At this point, the Emperor is creating super soldiers. So these things are not just genetically engineered in the way that we would think of genetic engineering, where you'd sit there and say, all right, here's a new strain, oh, and, and no, we'll grow them in tanks. Well, so, yeah, I would say, oh, I apologize on that, because for everybody listening, these guys are not grown super soldiers. They take you from your world, and they implant organs into you organs they're considered organs and most of these people just don't make it you've done most a lot you're, you're talking like weeding out about half ish some some legions are better than others and the big thing about this is they implant these organs in and they see if they take 
So we have these regular people being grabbed from tons of different planets. At the time, it's all Terra. But eventually it becomes all over the place. And they train them. And they're training them. And this is a bummer for the old space marine. They don't talk about this a lot. While you're seeing if your organs are going to be accepted, you still got to go through a hardcore PT process. <laughs> so you're like, I know you may or may not make it through the day, but you're going to need to do a five mile run and about a thousand pushups and pull-ups real quick. You're like, but I might die tonight. You're like, you're not going to do it while you're out of shape though. But if you don't <laughs> die tonight, Hey, you know what? Two birds, one stone, exactly. two birds, one stone. So, and this is a big deal because we're making regular people into super soldiers and we're not even making them just into super soldiers. We're making them into wildly resilient super soldiers that can be deployed on any planet in the solar system. They can immediately adapt, especially after they're put in this power armor. Treat the power armor almost as it's, it's a second skin for you. Everything that you have readouts, they filter things out. So you are, the power armor becomes an extension of your own will. And it's a holy thing now, but at the time it was just awesome tech. Functional technology. And yep. so now these, this is the army he's been waiting for. And some kind of fun things about them is that they're immune to exhaustion. They're immune to poison. They can see in the dark. In fact, a lot of basically they, they, they clot and heal almost instantly. So if you were stabbing with a knife, they would just giggle if you can even get through the skin actually and so if they get shot and they puncture a lung it doesn't matter they have extra lungs so while while the lung heals rather quickly the other ones function for them so they really are designed for drop them anywhere and they will win they're also light years fast not custodian fast light years fast light years strong there's not much they, they, they can't do they can carry giant weaponry like it's nothing they can do and they anything can, well and the bigger thing is is they can take in which is almost as big as all their physical things, they can take in gigantic dumps of information. You can just give them giant amounts of information about Marshall, about the lay of the land, about who they're going to go, and they just pick all of that up. At this stage, the emperor has perfection. He's got his, he's got his army, millions strong super soldiers, and the warp has settled mankind it's ready to expand into the universe at this stage we're going to talk about the first thing he does which is go off to find his kids so he grabs all these legions he knows his kids are out there but he somewhere also come on now. he goes about it in the world's the laziest least way efficient yeah. way Just, ever yeah because he, he starts his quest he actually is conquering systems as he goes and he wants to go get his children because, again, his children's, and we can argue this, there's lore of what he's going to do with them in the end. But for now, he wants these guys leading his crusade, governing basically giant swaths of the galaxy. He needs his, and he needs these people to lead his legions because the Emperor... He's got some other stuff he'd rather be doing. Yeah, he's like, like any solid absentee father. He's got some other tasks he's interested Which in. Which is way more important than you are. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he's off to conquer it. So the, we're going to now, let's dig into the 20 legions and who they are. And by 20, we actually mean 18. 18. Because two of them are redacted from imperial history. 
And were they not found? There's, we can have some fun with this, but yeah. Did he find them and go, your disappointment? I'm not even mad, I'm just disappointed. Just literally listed as redacted. So there's actually only 18. And so we'll get into the order of discovery, but we'll run through them really quickly. And the first one is Horace, who is mediocre important. We we might get into something called the Horace heresy yeah, later. It, yeah. No no foreshadowing, but when when your name and the word heresy are put together, never a great thing. You may have a thing, and he's in charge of the Luna Wolves. I think the I would sum up as I Daddy's think you meant favorite. to say the Sons of Horus. Sons of Horus. That's true. That was later. First they were the Luna Wolves, <laughs> and then they became the Sons of Horus. This is the, the, I just refer to it as Daddy's favorite. The funny thing about it is, I'm going to go, I'm going to touch on the superpower sometimes. Please, yeah. His superpower is charisma. He was supposed to be the face piece of the Imperium. But sorry, besides the actual living angel, but we'll go into that in a minute. And Horus eventually becomes the War Master. He leads the Imperium, the whole thing, yep. in place of the Emperor while the Emperor goes and does his absentee dad stuff. And he, eventually we have, I don't know, the game setting thing that happens, but he is amazing in pretty much everything. And we talk about his charisma. It's not just on him. Even his brothers all view him the same. Everyone who interacts with him, it's not, and when we say this charisma, it's not like a magical, like creepy charisma where he's tricking people into liking him. He is genuinely likable. He is naturally empathetic. He's able to find middle ground within people. So he really was, the truth is he was an amazing leader. So we're not talking about this in a like negative manipulative sense. This no. is a true, he's not he a con was, man. He yeah. should have been the leader. Yep. So the next one, equal on the charisma. <laughs> Lehman Russ, baby. Lehman Russ, leader of the Space Wolves, who are Space Vikings, slash, Space Wolf people, Space... Slash biker gang. And so for all of Horace's charisma, Lehman, we, we all do character creation. When we make we play a video game, some of us view charisma as a useless thing. If, oh, if you're looking for oh, someone yeah. to fight a guy in an alley, Lehman Russ is yeah, who you're calling. Cranked up the, the, the strength ratio on this dude. The Space Wolves become the Emperor's assassin. Yeah, <laughs> these are the guys that do not care what bad thing you told them to go do. And by assassin, we don't mean hide in the shadows and no, sneak no, out no, and get no, your no. assassin. We mean assassin carrying sledgehammer, yelling, I'm coming to kill you the entire time. Yeah. Also, <laughs> this guy told me to come kill you. It's yeah. not like a sneaky contract. Yeah. He's yeah. showing like up. There's billboards, man. Like, yeah. like, like you know what's coming. He sent you three emails letting yeah. you know that he's on his way. <laughs> just showing, just letting you know. But uh, his legion is a bunch of bad dudes. Weirdly enough, He's not crazy charismatic, but he's super loved because the Space Wolves lead by example. They He eventually leads a bunch of mini Lederosses because they rule by old Viking cold of personality. They have bands yep. that get together and they're all led by these larger than life personas. It's a bunch of Beowulfs, a bunch of ridiculous, powerful guys and you only get the lead as long as you're a ridiculous, powerful guy. And I think you made a great point there. When we talk about Horace's charisma, Horace's charisma is unique because it crossed over amongst the other. No matter what you, and, and no species. matter what you held dear, yeah. he could he relate to that. Within the individual Primarchs and their legions, the Primarch had it, it, impeccable charisma within them. Every space wolf 
would gladly give their life for Lehman Russ. They love him, and not because he's their leader. They genuinely love him at, at a level that's... They wanted to embody what right. he was doing. Well, he was not And just... every legion was like this, though. It wasn't right. just... Spin. True. Every legion has this. They, they were all... also genetically made to do that a little bit, yeah. but you know, like, also, I have a DNA imperative to... Yeah, uh... to, to, to love you implicitly. You know? But anyway, so that's that. The next one is the third legion, who are, of course, redacted. We don't know what happened. We just know that they're not there. And the fun part about a redacted legion is remember when we talked about earlier how the emperor made all the legions back on earth and then went to the sky to find them? That means he made hundreds of thousands of third legion uh, space marines, gave them power armor, painted it, did a whole thing, logistics. They, they had, gave them their own paint scheme. Yeah, their own paint scheme. Gave them their own ships and then their own, like, servants who came with them. And they're all gone. <laughs> and I don't think it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think it was a, they crashed. <laughs> this was not an oopsie. This was a, yeah, yeah nope. <laughs> I was gonna say, we go into number four. Ferris Manus, the Iron Hands. Great Legion. He's legit. His his legion's legit. However, they are one of the first legions. I think they actually are the first legion to start embracing cybernetics. Like, and when I say start embracing cybernetics, I don't mean thumb here or there. I mean yeah. like not, not hey, I lost a hand in battle. Let me get a replacement. It's a no. I took my hand off yeah. to get a better hand. Right. So like they have a widespread acceptance of vast parts of you cybernetically augmented and this is important for the 40k universe because again to bring back ai is a real fear here so th th there is a very interesting balancing act that, that occurs in the 30 40,000k uh, universe of augmenting themselves with machinery but that fine line between that and allowing machinery be to become self-aware so at a certain point the question is if there's a human brain in a robot is it the same as a robot with a brain? And or this a, is a challenge with them. Or a spirit. So, Fifth Legion is a very fun character, Fulgrim. His, his Legion, by the way, is the Emperor's children. He's also a supermodel of a Primarch. Yeah. This is, he, this is where the, the, we turned up the looks. You well, know, when we all do character creation, well, Emperor spent well, some time well, on this one. Not only does he have the looks, he has <laughs> actual psychically empowered beauty. He actually pauses... Other warriors, because he's so pretty. Yeah. He looks like a Norwegian heavy metal singer. He is driven by, he turned the vanity up to, to 11. Oh, yeah. So he needs to be acknowledged that he is awesome. Yeah, and he is completely out of his mind. Move the sixth legion, which is Vulcan. Okay, this is... I gotta, you know, Brass I gotta spend some time. I, guess oh, some time. I knew we were going. Salamandas. Yep. One, these guys are black. And I'm not talking black guy. I'm not talking yeah. black. I'm talking obsidian black, nighttime yeah. black. They come from a planet of volcanoes. Vulcan, by the way, tallest of the Primarchs. He also is everything that Ferris Manus wanted to be at the Forge. He yeah. is a legendary forge master and that actually is his superpower he actually can make sci-fi artifacts and fun fact salamanders are the only good guys out of the space marines they actually always try to help others they are effectively paladins 
if you want to argue that with me, I will literally chat with anybody about this. <laughs> Salamanders are the few good guys in the universe. Also, Vulcan, side note, perpetual, can't die. Or sorry, can die. Future spoilers, that fact really comes back to haunt him for a while because he is killed several of the times. Vulcan's one of the cooler stories. I, just, I actually personally wish GW a bit heavier in this. Oh, great character. In, great the thing stories. Is, but the thing is, is also he legitimately is a paladin in a group of paladins. They are all about Melton Flamer weapons. That's their go-to as a legion. Then we go into Imperial Fists. Rogel Dorn. I hate Rogel Dorn with a passion of a thousand suns. <laughs> So ima imagine someone who just wants to spend their entire day building sandcastles at the beach. Doesn't want to go, doesn't want to swim, to, to doesn't want to eat, just to wants be to build honest, the I'm going to get yelled at by guys, especially some of the DOG guys, because yeah. they love and, and one of your best friends yes. also. Yes, yes. One, one of the boys. Yeah. One of your best friends is obsessed with, with, yeah. with, with these guys. Which I have to give him props on the fact that the dude's tough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rogaldorn's incredibly tough. He's just so boring and he's always talking shit and getting wrecked by copper turbo but is the, what is his superpower he is literally unparalleled architect yeah. he built the imperial fortress and it is a Will marvel build. yeah that's true he rebuilt he is an, an architect he's got a couple other weird things that we everybody's got an extra thing that we, yeah, you we'll, can argue we'll, we'll about do some piece, piece yeah, but his biggest later. thing is is that he is architect like non-parallel yeah. It just fortifications are his thing. Now we're going to talk about every player in Warhammer 40, 40K's favorite person. <laughs> Without a doubt. If you play Warhammer 40K <laughs> and someone puts Rupert Gilliman down on a table, you go, that's awesome. I'm so glad he's here. I'm incredibly overjoyed to be playing against Ultramarines at this moment in time. This is the guy that literally wrote the Codex. Yeah. The problem is... He's also the guy that reminded the teacher that there was homework yeah. last night. Yeah. Gilliman. Oh, Gilliman. Gilliman, to me, I find very funny. I, again, I'm going to use a WWF reference here of Roman Reigns, where Gilliman was written to be this incredibly positive figure by GW that everyone should look up to. And then everyone went, nah, this guy sucks, boo. You're a dork. And so it's this weird thing where everything you read about Gilliman, you're like, oh, that's a pretty good guy. He's 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 strategic. He, he he's, really cares. He's he's thorough. But he's also thoughtful, caring, yeah. self-sacrificing. And I'm just telling you, and have a casual no conversation a with a 40K player about Gilliman, and everyone hates him. So it's just very and funny. His, his superpower is a boring superpower, though. Yeah, that's true. He, he's a superpower. He's literally the world's best bureaucrat he can compile data but the thing is that he would be he should be more popular but he's literally in charge of all the paperwork in the yeah. galaxy yeah he, he's in charge of logistics did you file your tps report yes this is the guy asking you about your, your TPS, tps report yeah but also he's amazing at tps yeah. reports. oh yeah he's also going to grade you against his own tps report and you're not going to win yeah so now we're one of the ninth legion magnus did the nothing wrong. Magnus the Red is the psyker of the bunch. The open psyker no, of the no, bunch. No, actually not psyker. No, there was someone said that, that we'll go into. There's more, two more. Yeah. No, no, no. Space Jesus are both psyker. He is the only sorcerer. There we go. He is an actual active magic user, and he has a connection and an ability to manipulate the warp, which he's com 
kept telling by his dad not to do. And because the emperor is a dick, he's never told why. Yeah. He's not. He's like, Dad, I can use these things at will. They all come naturally to me. Don't do it. But literally, I can just make yeah, things. I can make things. I could make the world, the universe, a better place. But stop doing that. Why? Okay. Because yeah. because I said it's okay. Cool. Can, can you want to give me any reason at all? Just a mediocre reason. Nah. There's no, nothing bad's going to happen from that. Yeah, nothing bad's going to happen, but just don't use it. Uh, okay. to, to get into him, it would be a lot of getting into him. Uh, yeah. We'll get into that when we we'll get, get into the heresy and whatnot. So now we'll move on to another one. Sanguine. So, we, so <laughs> it's going to be a love-hate because... I'm on he, hate. But he's, <laughs> he's necessary for it. He's Space Jesus. True. He is literally the martyr. Yep. He is the perfect at everything. Sanguinus leads the Blood Angels become... Will become later after he gets. Yeah. He's Space Jesus. He is perfect at everything. He is literally a giant angel. And when I say angel, angel wings. Yeah. He has wings. Yes. Angel, not like busted up wings. Yeah. He has eight wings. He is literally. I don't know what they're for because they yeah, all have could... jetpacks, but he's got wings. Whatever. Exactly. <laughs> and he also kind of flies by psychic power. But <laughs> they don't actually flap. But they look cool when he yeah, spreads them out. Yeah, sure. He is the ultimate Mary Sue. He is perfect at everything. He is humble. His legion loves him because he shows up and says, I hope that I'm worthy, blah, blah. His books are actually really good. He is such a ridiculously OP character, which is the why you don't like him. Because he is he's so OP as an anime hero. Then we move on to the 11th Legion, which is Lionel Johnson. Oops. You're going to learn, so, I don't like most of the Primarchs, so you're going to hear me going to a lot of these. I now love everything about the lion. Midlife crisis lion, love everything about him. Yeah. In the beginning, lion is dour. He's grim. He's supposed to be an old, even more, he's not even a Knights of Charlemagne. He's a, an old school, almost like, king. he's Arthurian Knights. Yeah. But with, with less fun. Yeah, that's the thing about him. He's just... It's just well, he, grouch. He's just so serious. Like when your legion's power in the game is called Grim Resolve, they they were a fantastically successful chapter. I think one of the largest chapters, if I'm not mistaken. He's a fantastic leader. He's just a bummer because he's a knight from the Dark Ages, is what they based him off of. He is took his vows. That's all that matters is that we do what the Emperor tells us to do. Period. We go, we do our crusade. We're wildly successful in the crusade, but also you don't ask questions. You took your vow. That might also come back to bite him later. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about that. No, nothing could go bad there. Then we move on to the 12th Legion, which is Petarabo. No foreshadowing here. We've got a guy that's the ultimate siege warfare. Yeah. Weirdly enough, his least favorite brother is the guy that fortifies things. Yeah, so, I mean, like, like any good family, you got two brothers, and they, their purpose in this world seems to be to just annoy each other. And that's what it is. One of them builds a sandcastle, and the other one comes and it, kicks it, the wall of the sandcastle. Screw you on this. I'm telling this one. Yeah. Because it's my favorite story. Because I don't think Perturabo ever went to chaos. I just think he went to whatever side Robodorn wasn't on. Yeah, that's actually probably accurate. Did Robodorn yeah. go to Chaos or did he stay with the Imperium? Went to the Imperium, I'm in Chaos. Wait, I'm in Chaos now. He's like, we were just joking. He actually did. Okay, I'm going to the I'm other side. side. I, I, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I just need to go. At, yeah, whatever side yeah. says I get to yeah. fight him is yeah. what I'm Whatever doing. my brother is, that's I'm not on that team. Yeah. 
that's my entire purpose so yeah iron warriors just long story short they're really good at breaking through a wall yeah that's about it really good at it. Really depending good. on what edition too oh yeah, yeah, yeah. incredible some editions yeah and then we go to actually Mortarian. Now, Mortarian, I thought I find is fun. Mortarian Great model, though. Oh, one of the best models. Mm. Just everything about Mortarian can be really fun. Now, this guy, people love and hate him. Now, the biggest thing about Mortarian is he, was, wrong. Like, he was dealt. Those people. He was wrong. also dealt a shitty. Yeah, if you hate Mortarian, you are okay, wrong. Now, we, we've, we, all of these, we, we didn't talk about this enough. All of the twenty prime marks got shipped by chaos to different worlds yeah. the emperor finds them in different states of time from them so like a lot of these are all he doesn't find any of them until they're at least adults yep. so they have then to live their lives on these planets some of them took over the whole planet some of them did not actually all of them took over their planet except for two, two or maybe three yeah so well but, plus the redacted yeah, well, yeah. Well, maybe, well, they, maybe they, they did actually. But we, we did not. I apologize to everybody for this. We did not do it a good enough job of that. These guys have just lived their, their adult lives, basically. They grew up on these planets. Mortarian's planet sucked. Yeah, I think he, he got the worst hand, I think, of all of them. The 20, because he lived of, on the poison of, planet? Of the 18 we know of. I think, yeah, I think he got the poison planet. That wasn't just the poison planet, the poison planet. The by, necromancers. The necromancers who just in took joy in poisoning the planet because they also yeah. lived in mountains that were worse poison than yeah. down low. And so the, the, the Martarian is really a cool character. because His whole thing is he's just tough. Well, he just ground out. Yeah, just he, his win was it. He didn't, he, he lost so many battles, but he just ground them down eventually and went, I'm just going to keep doing yeah, he basically was the inverse of a Pyrrhic victory every single time. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, you're going you're gonna to try and beat me? Cool. All of you are going to die in the process. And when that's over, I'm still going to win. So now we're going to get into some, some of the, what I would call, lamer Primarchs. Lorgar first. Sorry, I was going yeah. to, I'm sorry. I, I accidentally was going to skip him because in my hatred of Rogel Dorn, I never acknowledged the fact that Lorgar of the Wind Bearers <laughs> exists. So. Lorgar was always telling everybody how the Emperor was a god and you should worship him, even though the Emperor was standing next to him going, I will literally punch you in the face. And he eventually got mad and he caused the entire downfall of the Imperium. <laughs> so then we move on to another kind of random one. How do you pronounce this? Jigate Dakar. Jigate. Yeah, so it's a con. So when GW had to write a Primarch, it's Genghis Khan. That's what they did. They decided to go with Genghis Khan. But on a bicycle. Oh. No, they're not a biker game. They're literally a Genghis Khan. A Genghis Khan. Yeah. They are Genghis Khan. They are a Mongolian horde. And they are the, to give them props on it, they are wildly the best people on any, if they're mounted on anything, it doesn't matter what futuristic version of it it is, they are the best at Like one of those horses on a stick, the horse heads on a stick. Doesn't matter. The They'd still be amazing. It'd still be incredibly fast. It'd be the best you've ever seen. Yeah. That. And the thing is, is, that's their shtick, is their... They can basically use both hands, both feet, and drive with their knee and maybe their nose. They're super good at anything. Mounted. None of you can see the death staring at Brad right now. This is incredibly lame, and let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're going to move on to the 16th Legion, which is Conrad. No, Jones, you are getting books. it, fortunately, because if you haven't read his book, it is fantastic. Oh, the books are great. It's just the, 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 this is... 
I, you've been playing long enough. Have Night Lords ever been good? No. They're, they, uh, they are perennially given the most useless traits just every time. An insane planet, a, basically a prison planet, ruled by psychos. And he became a hunter in the dark. Like, when I say hunter, he hunted down crime lords as super Batman if he had real problems. Yeah, yeah Batman <laughs> with superpowers. Bat well, Batman with superpowers, but also with a lot of mental health issues. Yeah. Because he hears voices. He also sees the future. Conrad Cruz gets his own legion, which he populates with murderers from a prison. Conrad Cruz, also read his book. He has a fantastic book where he's caught and basically escapes and does Alien in 40K. And he is full crazy. He is wow. This like, guy's got it would be way cooler if the nine foot doll, tall guy with superpowers wasn't completely off the deep end. Well, then we go into the 17th Legion. So this is going to be. It's the Red Angel. And Angron's actually a really cool story because he's, he's actually. Tragic story. It's a tragic exactly, This is actually one of the better writings I think GW did. Of, of Maybe actually he might be. I think he's actually the best written Primark because it is someone who's born of compassion born of, well, his, of normal well, his superpower is literally he is the empath of the primaries yep. he feels everything he knows other people he can immediately understand and unfortunately he gets down on the gladiator planet and, and he's, he's tortured into insanity yeah and he's put literally put nails into his cerebral cortex which make it so he is full of rage all the time and has no empathy. I would say Angron's really, I think, if, you're, if you like a well-written story, if you like really good in-depth in character studies, Angron's incredible. The stories of Angron really are great. You, you have nothing but empathy for him, despite him being, his actions being terrible. Well, he's his own worst enemy on the fact that everything's against him. He almost succeeds, and then he doesn't. And he does that time and time. He does it now. Yeah. Chaos, he does that, where he almost achieves his goals, and then he doesn't. Then we go into the 18th Legion. Korax. Korax, who is... Literally a ninja. Yeah. And his entire legion is ninja. So he's literally, he makes his legion into super stealthy forward operators. He could infiltrate things that shouldn't normally be infiltrated, because everyone was taught at an early, right away, becoming legion how to basically forward deploy even your heavy kind of things so they could take people by by uh, surprise. Then we'll move into 19th redacted. region. Also redacted. So the last one is, the, is another kind of you mean the, one. You mean the last one slash first one? Yeah. So the 20th Legion, Alpharius Omegon. But he also Which has a twin brother. Is the name, but it's actually two identical twins, Alpharius and Omegon, that only they know Who's exist. who? And only they know that there's two of them. The Which would have been really weird on some of these capital ships where one of them just went hiding behind a curtain. Because he's also nine feet tall. <laughs> yeah. 500 pound guy. Yeah. So they're, they were the Alpha Legion. And they're also the first Legion and the last Legion. Yeah. Because in the redone lore, Alpharius was actually still on Terra. Yeah, so they went looking for him all through the galaxy. And he was back at home. We've all done it. We've all looked for our car Because he snuck and, and into other legions. A regular soldier. Again, even though he's a head taller than everybody else. Yeah, that one guy. That, that story's real weird. But you don't know whether or not 
he was a good guy or a bad guy. So that's our 20 legions. And if that was quick for you, don't worry. We're going to do some deep dives. Yes. But this now leads into the, now the Great Crusade can begin. And what the Great Crusade is, Emperor grabs all of his legions, all of these people, and we are going to go re part one, reunify. Everybody all yeah. over. Because remember, the galaxy is such a wildly huge place. I feel like people don't understand how big the Milky Way is. We and what's happened is the Emperor now, after taking his sweet time, has decided he wants to reunify mankind. So we're going out there to reclaim worlds. And step one is, of course, reclaim the worlds. Now that he has these giant armies. And by reclaim, it means we're going to show up and we're going to say, hey, we are humanity. You are humanity. No, we, are, we are now the Imperium of Mankind. Not even a question first. You are part of the Imperium yep. of Mankind. How would you like to go about yes. this? Step one is us informing you're part of it. Yeah. Step two is your choice of response. Yep. You can disagree with that, at which point you're going to get introduced to the Space Marines. And so remember, while the technology may exist at some, but some of these, Brad mentioned really well before that some of these solar systems actually were self-sufficient during the dark age of technology. They actually have all the STC drives. They, they are walking around with incredible technology, but they don't have space Marines. And they also don't have the sheer numbers because, yeah. and we didn't do a good enough job. We just talked about it. We sent these legions of space marines. Oh, yeah. Their accompanying host is billions of regular dudes yeah. with tanks. We basically sent the Navy, the Air Force, and the Army. And the Oh, yeah. Also, we have the numbers on everyone. So not only do we have super soldiers that are better than everybody else's, but also if you want to get into a long, drawn-out war, well, We'll just go ahead and yeah. bomb you until you just die. Yeah. We're going to show up and we're taking this world. Yeah. So. And, and also, we'll just keep doing this forever. We, we will throw an endless supply of bodies if we need to. So they're going to they're gonna be called, brought into what the, they refer to as imperial compliance. And imperial compliance is this, I, I do like when I do air quotes while talking to a microphone that no one can see. So in air quotes, imperial compliance, which means they are now part of the Imperium. They are now, well, they're in the logistical empire. Well, it also, be, it becomes, let's, I'm going to go into that because I, imperial, I love imperial compliance. Imperial compliance means that you're a part of the Imperium of Mankind, but it also means that you immediately, and we're talking like immediately, hey man, everything's on fire. And you immediately get signed, assigned a just array of bureaucrats that inform you what you now have to tally to the Imperium because you are now part of the Imperium of mankind. And we will expect this immediately. This so you should put up rain yeah. or, or hubcaps you are going to produce. I know we set all your stuff on fire, but you should put those fires out because there's a guy showing up tomorrow. With a truck, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. With the, the truck truck's pulling into the loading bay tomorrow, you better fill the damn truck. Yeah, figure it out. Yeah. One important foreshadow at this point is that the Emperor makes sure that any world he arrives at, if they are religious, he removes that. All religion. All, all of religion. Any, anyone, I mean... He it, doesn't it, just, he, he doesn't remove it. It is banned and anyone who worships is dead. Dead. And he also sets all of those buildings on fire. He yeah. cleanses all of them by fire. And he is, this is, his, his war on religion is very 
both important from a foreshadow and insanely ironic from a foreshadow. <laughs> he actually has like his idea is terrible and good at the same time. What he thinks he's trying to do is not have people be corrupted to worship in chaos. What he's doing is setting the stage for people to worship chaos. Yeah, yeah. Like, like any good fall. So at the same time, though, we should mention that new worlds are also found as we're coming through. Now, by found, some of them may have been settled and everyone died, whatever. Also, but, yeah. also new worlds that have, the humans didn't find that were other races. Probably Eldar. Yeah, because we should. Oh, that's a great point. The Eldar are gone now. The, the explosions happened. So the Eldar. People started been, taking off. Yeah. So now they are also finding Eldar worlds where before. The thing about the Eldar, we, it's a fun little side note, is that if you in the age of technology happen to stumble onto an Eldar world, you would stumble onto it for maybe a quarter of a second because after that, you're dead. They, 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 the Eldar were that powerful that if mankind were to approach an Eldar planet, Mankind wouldn't reach back and say, hey, we ran into a problem here. They would just not exist there anymore. Yeah. And the thing <laughs> is, is the Eldar were so far away at the time yeah. that they didn't consider, even though this, our galaxy-spanning empire, they didn't care. They were so vain, so sure of their superiority. They just didn't care. Another thing that was coming up that's interesting here is the existence of what we of the, they call abhumans. And abhumans is a really nice word for mutants. What's going on is of thousands years. of years with lots of radiation, lots of other things, toxic, toxins, well, all this stuff. We, worlds where other races are that we didn't bother to yep. know what's going on. We got absorbed by, oh yeah. This is one of those more interesting ones because effectively it went the way you'd think it would go. Are they really useful? Then we'll call them the other part of the human empire. Are they not really useful? Heretics. Heretics burn, burn them, kill them off. Which then, of course, led to the first kind of real mention in the history of Xenos. So we're talking about now true alien species, not a mutant, a true alien species. And so this all kind of culminates at the end of the Great Crusade, which is the Battle for Ulanor, which I love. Because 100,000 of his space marines, 8 million Imperial Guards, hundreds of Titans, and by Titans are the are walking cities. robots of cities. So over 600 starships on to, to attack one planet full of orcs. <laughs> I, I just love everything about it. Yeah. By the way, I want you guys to know that John has an all capitals put, don't worry, orc fans, they came back later. And orc is never beaten with about 14 exclamation points. Yeah, because orcs are never beaten. So they wage this giant war on one planet to fight the orcs. They technically win. And at the end of this is probably the biggest, is what sets up the next big shift. The emperor says he hands the reins of the entire military to Horus. He loves Horus. Horus is his favorite son. Everything's going to Horus. And everyone, by the way, was cool with this. This is, again, not one of the like, normal thing where a father says, this is my favorite kid. And the rest of the kids go, what the hell, dad? Everybody went, yeah, we already knew. That. Yeah, we all knew, we all love him too. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, make him in charge. Definitely don't do, you know, Conrad Cruz. <laughs> like, we're all a team, not Conrad. Because yeah. he's peeling the skin off yeah. people. You're yeah. like, oh, man. Come on, to please stop. Oh, not here. God. You're so weird, dude. <laughs> just, just no one likes you. Just come on. We're doing that in public. <laughs> yeah. So now Horus is now the war master. He is the, the, the head of Imperium's might. And the Emperor just says, hey, I got a thing I got to do. 
and him and his which, best bud which head also, back to Earth. Which also, again, he doesn't say what the doesn't tell what is, just tells everyone, hey, I gotta go do a thing. I gotta leave, like any solid psychopath, and just leaves. So that's it. So now he's gone, and all the space marine leases are looking around going, so what do we do well, now? Well, things actually go well for... Oh, we'll get to the next episode. So that's the end of this one. So now, to conclude, mankind has come out of the darkness. Again, the Emperor has done all of this. He has created super soldiers. He's now created the army with which mankind can conquer the galaxy. The next few episodes we're going to do is going to be what's called the Horus Heresy. It is maybe the... I don't know if it's the most important era in 40K, but it sets it's, the game. It sets the game. It this is it, it. I got into the game 25 years ago, and I got into it because of the basis of the game, which was the Horus Heresy, the writings of it, yeah. all their fiction of it. Great stories, everyone. Fantastic. We give, we give them shit sometimes, but like it's some really great worldsmanship. This is one of the best stories in sci-fi, as far as I'm concerned. We're now about to get into the real meat and potatoes for Warhammer 40k. These first episodes were designed to give everyone a background. Someone who's newer to the game is able to come in and say, oh, okay, that's what's going on. The next bits we're going to get into, we're going to do very deep dives. Please, thank you for listening. You can subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, however you're following us. Thank you. We appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode.